on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, August 22nd. Galaxy coming off a 3-3 draw with the Seattle Sounders. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of that game. We're going to talk about it. Galaxy dropped some points. Uh, Ricky, uh, Ricky made his debut. We have some rumors that continue to bubble up. Um, these are not going away, so we're going to talk a little bit more about those as well, and then talk about the road trip coming up, the playoff picture, all those fun things. That's where we're we're headed right now. All right. In order to do all of that, we are going to be joined by one of my favorite people. Well, at least today. I'm not going to say all the time, but at least today, Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kevin, how's it going, buddy? forgot to say Ted Lasso's going to be here, too. I, I was going to say, for those watching on the video feed, Kevin got his Little People Ted Lasso toy play figurines, which we both ordered at the same time, so that way we could have them. And then what happened was I brought mine home whenever I got the box. I showed it to my two-and-a-half-year-old. He thought it was awesome, so then I had to open the box, and I lost all of the... Uh, all of the, 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 the resale value, I guess, there, Kevin. So, so we got... We got Keeley. We we got the team owner here. There's mm-hmm. Ted. There's Coach Coach Beard. Rebecca uh, Rebecca's the team owner. Rebecca, of course. Mm-hmm. right? We got uh, um. Oh man, you, Sam over here. Yeah, good good job, good job prepping for this, Kevin. You don't remember all their names. <laughs> that was good. Way to go. Way to start. Way to start the show off on a positive note. Looks like we know what we're doing. Hey, congratulations on covering an LA Galaxy game on Friday night, by the way. We got pupusas, by the way. I'm wearing my favorite um, uh, uh, Aftia pupusa hat um, because I'm currently missing those pupusas as we sing. I did not get to eat dinner, so I'm going to be a little hangry tonight. So I'm just I'm warning you. We, we, we lost your audio. So whatever you did, whatever you were touching, whenever you were trying to do a million different things, you now no longer have your audio, which is maybe it's good um, because I, I can talk then and that's fine with me. Um, yeah, you you might want to try like pressing something or wiggling a cord or something like that, Kevin. Good job. Too, too many moving parts over there. But LA Galaxy getting a, uh, a little 3-3 draw with the Seattle Sounders. Not exactly the way that I think anybody expected it to happen whenever it went down. Um I don't know. I still don't think we have you back there, Kevin, because I, I don't I don't hear you moving around frantically like normal. Um, Galaxy go up to nothing in the first half. Uh, maybe that was good. Maybe that wasn't good. 
Um, but however it ended up happening, the Galaxy end, ended up going up to nothing. We know the Galaxy then gave up three unanswered goals in the second half, um, whenever that came about. And then eventually uh, they end up getting a penalty kick from uh, from Jovalich. So it was a very topsy-turvy sort of uh, a game. And it was certainly a game where you sit there and go, I'm not sure the Galaxy ever deserved to be up to nothing. But I'm certainly sure that uh, perhaps the Galaxy didn't didn't uh, didn't deserve to lose that game. So maybe the draw is the is the sort of fair answer. Did we, did we get you back? Can we hear you now? No, I still can't hear you. Oh, okay. Still, there we go. Yeah. I fixed it. Oh, I fixed it. There, right. there. Okay. Yes. Okay. We got you. See, it's your fault. But <laughs> yeah. you, you and I were talking about this beforehand, and I know what you're talking about whether it was a deserved result. You know, it, it it's kind of hard to look at this game. At one hand, it's a complete disaster. They let a two nothing. Uh, first half lead, halftime, like two nothing. They let it halftime. They've let it halftime six times previous and never lost the game. Not even draw a, a uh, drew a game. Correct. They were six and all, and, and then they fall behind three to two. At that point, in years, recent years past, the Galaxy give up at that point, right? They don't come back. This time they did in stoppage time to get a point, it, and it, it's a valuable point. But I'm still not. Com- I, I, I still am not comfortable. In my own mind, it, was this a disastrous game where they gave up a win that they, they really could have buried the Sounders? Or is this sort of a positive thing because they did rally and come back and they have a little bit of momentum because they scored last the stoppage time goal that got them a point? Uh, before we get too far, let me give a, a shout out to uh, to Lewis. Uh, Lewis, uh, a little $10 super chat and says, birthday shout out to Renan, a.k.a. the commander. Happy birthday, commander. You the best. So so a little, little happy birthday uh, thing. And by the way, $10 is the appropriate amount that we charge here on the show for birthday shout outs. So. If anybody would like a birthday shout out, like if Larry Morgan wanted us to wish him a happy 70th birthday, which was last Thursday, um, he could pay us $10 and then we would wish him a happy 70th birthday. Right. That would but until until he pays. We don't even mention that he's 70. We, we are absolutely not. Um, and then at $10 from uh, from Mac uh, saving my sanity on my job site all these years. So we're helping we're helping out. We're, we're creating a. a a, a maybe a disappointing environment, Kevin, over the years, right? But we're pre- well, creating a sane environment. I think I, that's the last he, thing I'd think. But maybe you know, Larry, I'm surprised to hear you say this. Seventy. I, I don't think he looks a day under eighty-five. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. He. Yeah. If you told me he was ninety, I'd believe you. Um. So, uh, just this game is really weird, though, Kevin. I mean, you talked about. It. I, I will point this out. The only team that the LA Galaxy scored first on and then came back to lose this year so far was Seattle. Right, and that was when it was up in Seattle. I think they lost three two in that game. If I if I correct if I'm correct, yeah. So so they improved on a goal this time. They uh they were up two nothing. Uh, they had a chance to be up three one, and I think that's where everybody's really going to sort of point to this. Uh, when you look at it, is Kevin Cabral had a chance to make this game three one, and if you were three one in the second half, that game should be over. Um, even Seattle. I think that takes a little bit of heart out of there. But instead, you allow three unanswered goals. In fact, the Galaxy get countered on the uh, exact play that, that Cabral misses from just off the line. Uh, and they get countered all the way back down and, you know, end up going uh, going down. So it, it goes 2-2 then, and then it goes 3-2, um, and then Jovalich penalty. Listen, the Galaxy got lucky on that penalty kick, too. I mean, that's pure chance more than anything else there, Kevin. I can't say that you created that chance. And if you look at the expected goals in this game, you can't sit there and argue that the Galaxy were the better team. I don't think they were. I think Seattle was the better team. That's just dis- and and, yeah. and the goal 
and the penalty only became uh, only came because of VAR. The referee did not call it on, on the field in real time. And, and then Seattle's third goal was actually, a, I thought, a series of outstanding saves by Jonathan Bond, yep. who just got no help from any of his defenders. That's sort of been his his story, though, isn't it? I mean, I feel like that's his story, where we have seen over and over again the fact that he is not getting that that sort of defensive support. I mean. You know, Rusnak had two shots on, on the one. Uh, the one goes off the crossbar. Jonathan Bond had nothing to do with that. But the next one goes off the off the post. And whenever it goes off the post, the, the Galaxy tried to scramble and get there. Uh, Jonathan Bond ended up sort of tipping that away and, and moving that out. I just, I'm, I'm frustrated by the fact that there is no momentum that seems to be consistent or gaining, right? Everybody wanted the Vancouver game to be the switch. And we've talked about this of this team this whole time, right? Um, by the way, Daniel um, gave us a $5 super chat, says happy late birthday, Larry. So if somebody else also gave us $5, then we could wish Larry happy birthday because we but have we five, right now. but we can't, yeah. we can't do it right now. Um, well, they haven't won two in a row since April, right? They haven't had a two game unbeaten streak, which they have now. This is their first one in two months and they haven't won two games in a row. Victor Vasquez talked about that afterwards. He said, you know, we're in here celebrating that we rallied and came back and got a point. And he said, that's not good enough. That's not good. You know, there are times in the game that we relax and we let teams back in. That's not good enough. We need to string some wins together now. You know, Vanny talked before the game about that was, this begins their now 10-game stretch to the finish. Right. And Greg Vanny said, this is when the playoffs, uh, Start. you know, run well, begins. Yeah. And I asked him, why do you think it begins now? I mean, why not begin this in April? And his point was, was well taken, is that the teams that do well in the playoffs are the teams that heat up at the end of the season. A lot of times it's not the conference champion. It's a team third, fourth, or fifth down that makes a run into the playoffs. And he said, this is kind of where you want to be. This is where you want to be starting your playoff drive so you enter the playoffs hot. You don't want to be a team that, like New England last year, good all season, get to the playoffs, lay an egg. You want to be building momentum now. But if that's his strategy, if that's Greg's Vanny strategy, they need to start now. They can't. They can't wait until the three or four games left. Yeah, I mean that, make- that that is the big deal. I, let's look at the uh, lineups here real quick, and then we'll talk about a little bit of the pregame as well. Uh, it was basically it, it was a repeat lineup, right? Outside of uh, actually outside of nothing, it was a repeat lineup, and that included Derek Williams not playing. Derek Williams out um, in this game, Kevin, for personal reasons. Now. We saw Derek as he walked out of the locker room and he sort of st- he, he went by us. He, his 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 girlfriend, his wife, and I'm not sure which it is. So his wag um, it, uh, had another another uh, another kid. So he has now two two girls. Um, and so that's why he wasn't playing. So that apparently just recently happened. And so he was at the game. He was there. He could he could see everybody, but he had to rush home and, and sort of make sure that he was taking care of everything. So I imagine that he's back here for the road trip and everything else that goes along with it. Um Johnny Perez, by the way, went back on the injury list. Um, he was playing. Uh, he came back in the Vancouver game and played, but he was battling through a knee injury. Uh, apparently, that uh, that flared up again, and so Johnny Perez on the injured list again. We'll see. He should be, and I would imagine he's available at some point during this road trip um, as the Galaxy get ready to take on New England um, and then take on Toronto. So we have to watch that as well. Um, and so it's just... You see the repeat lineup. The only thing we thought maybe uh, Ricky Pooch would would possibly start. He didn't. He came in in the second half. That's fine. Um, I saw some really boneheaded reviews of Ricky's time on the field with the LA Galaxy. He was he looked like he could play. 
that's the, all you need to take away from his his little bit of time that he got in the second half in the position that he was at was Seattle clogging the middle, basically ensuring the LA Galaxy had to go around him. If they make that sub a little bit earlier, he probably has more time to operate in there. He's a guy who will find some spots and will find some things. But everything that we showed uh, on uh, everything that he showed on this game for me, Kevin, was like, OK, he can play. OK, that's fine. Like, I'll, I'll let yeah, him. He had, he, yeah, he had one shot. He had a shot. On, uh, it wasn't a shot on goal, but he had a shot. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a shot. Listen, it wasn't going to go in, but, you know, that's fine. Let him but let him adjust and get into this. So I think you're going to see him on this road trip on turf. Listen, he played on turf all the time. So as soon as somebody says that, oh, well, I don't know if Ricky will be used to the turf in New England. Go watch some of his highlights and like half the highlights are from like, you know, Barcelona B games where they were playing on turf. So not an issue. Stop. Don't even start with the complaining on that part. Um, you know, everyone got spoiled by Zlatan's debut. They expect a new player from Europe to go out and score two goals in 20 minutes. And we only remember Zlatan because it hasn't happened with anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the the really cool thing, though, is that despite his size and everybody in chat rooms like he's so tiny, despite his size, he has the pace of play to be able to play. He has the acceleration to be able to play his passes are so much crisper than a lot of guys who are playing out there for the galaxy. I'm, I was, I was enthusiastic about it. I think, um, like I said, one of the talking heads, uh, wrote an article and said that, you know, uh, that Ricky Pooch was basically just running around in circles out there. And yes, that is true. But also there were like six Seattle midfielders in front of him to make sure that he couldn't do anything. Cause at that point they were protecting a lead, um, in that. So they, they bunkered in. So it's a little bit different. Give him some chance to adjust. We'll see how he plays because I eventually expect him to be able to break down lines and find places in those positions. And that's one of the reasons Greg Vandy got him. But I think on this road trip, you're going to start to see him come alive. He's young. He's got young legs. He's ready to go. He was in preseason. The guy is going to be whipped up pretty quickly. I think whenever we find it here, Kevin, that towards the end of this, you know, after this Toronto game, you're going to find that he's going to be settled into sort of the amount of minutes that I think Greg Vanny is comfortable with him playing. That's what that's, you what know, I'm a couple, a couple of good things. He is sort of new to the team and he's going on this road trip. They will stay on the East coast, by the way, but it's only three days between games. So they will go to new England, stay there. It, they'll be gone about five or six days which means Ricky's around his teammates and nobody else. There's no wives. There's no girlfriends. There's no kids. Ricky and his teammates. That's, that's really important. Players talk about that a lot about when that happens in preseason, how the players get a chance to bond because there's no distractions. So the road trip is actually coming at a good kind of good point or a good time for him. It was interesting when he was subbed in, who did he come in with? Uh, Douglas Costa. That was very interesting. I think our thinking had always been that he, replaces Douglas Costa in some ways. And to see them both come on the field at the same time well, was kind of interesting. Well, it certainly made Douglas Costa a wider player, right? And sort of in that in that vein. Um, by the way, $5 super chat from Raphael says, happy birthday to Larry. We miss... We miss, birthday, the note- Larry. we miss the notebook entries. Yes, we do. We miss a lot of things on the yes. website. Happy so happy birthday, birthday Larry. Larry. We can t- finally do it. There you go. Happy birthday, Larry. Um, so we had that. But this is the other thing. E Super said it. Um, you know, but he's so tiny. What happens whenever the big defenders, what happens? You saw it. Albert Rusnak was taking little shots at him as soon as he got the ball. He was hitting, nipping at his heels. He was doing things. He said, so what happens whenever the more physical defenders in Major League Soccer come around? Because I'm sure they didn't have those in La Liga, right? Not in Spain, one of the top leagues in all of the world. And if you watched any of his highlights, you would see that they put big physical guys on Ricky and just tried to hack him. I mean, and that's look, what I they mean, did. So he, he's you- used to it. He'll be fine. You heard of that Messi guy since he left Argentina and went to Spain? <laughs> I mean, Ricky towers over him, and and 
he had an okay career at Barcelona. He they it's I like his low center of gravity. I like the way that he plays. I, again, just seeing him in a short spurt there, not exactly in the best sort of case. Um, we'll see where it goes and 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 how that sort of plays out. One of the things, though, that we did see, Kevin, before the game even kicked off was an interesting one. It was something that we had been waiting for, I think, for a couple games. It finally showed up on a Friday night at Dignity Health Sports Park, but there was an airplane. It was circling around and around the stadium, and Kevin and I, after a while, finally figured out where it was and went and chased it down. It kept getting from our seats because we're so high up in the stadium, you couldn't see it from underneath the overhang, right? And so we're like, it should be right there. And I was tracking it even on an app. I'll show you a, a picture of it. But uh, there was a banner tow, Cessna 152, uh, at about 1,200 feet with a hashtag Klein out, hashtag Yovan out. Um, airplane that flew around oh, the stadium. It it's, going, it's 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 leaving. Yeah, and there it what, goes. what do you think? It flew around for thirty minutes or so, 30, 40 minutes, something like that. Maybe I mean, like you know, we we couldn't see it the whole time, so it was hard to tell. Right. But it was supposed to be their last home game. The Vancouver game was supposed to be there. It was. It was supposed to be there. Then it was not. Um, it was grounded by weather. Yes, absolutely. And so we were able to sort of uh, track it and see where it was flying around and also that sort of fun stuff. So um, I, I don't... They've been on, on the ESPN broadcast. It looked like they were trying to shield some of the client out signs that were sort of hanging by um, different places and doing some different things. Um, and so... It was really interesting to sort of see something flying over the stadium and whether or not... I don't know if the commentators on ESPN, if Twelman and John Champion talked about it because I didn't listen to the game. I was at the game. Um, usually we don't listen to it. Um, so there was there was that part of it. Um, certainly, and you and I were talking about this a little earlier today because we were, we were kicking this around as a topic, um, but uh, Raphael gave us another $5 super chat and says, what's the over-under on Klein getting an, ex- an extension now? So we talked about Good Herbalife. Good segue. Right? Good segue. Right. We talked about Herbalife on the last show. You hinted at it on our Monday show, and then it came out on Tuesday. Uh, in my mind, they buried this news almost completely whenever you look at how they held the event and then the timing of Ricky's first press conference and everything else that sort of led into a Friday night game, the Herbalife thing was like a speed bump going over the freeway. You were like, bump, bump, what was that? I don't know. Well, okay, it was something. One of the things we talked about earlier today is the Herbalife deal means $35 million to the Galaxy over the next five years. That's money and, and income and things. I know you talked about they have a whole sponsorship department, but the president of the team when the contract was signed is Chris Klein. He just brought $35 million into the team. Chris Klein was here when Ricky Pouge came. He was here when Bergman came. Um, he was also here when Costa came. So, you know, what we were talking about earlier, and I, I don't know that we ever came to any kind of definitive answer, is is Chris Klein's job in danger, one. His contract is up at the end of the year, and you know he's not signing a one-year deal. Right. So that – the Galaxy and AEG have to say, this is our guy for multiple years, three to five years. We're confident in him. He's already signed two five-year extensions. We're gonna, he's been here 11 or 12 years as president. We're going to have him for another five years. Or this is not our guy, and we're going to move on. Um, what is he? If he makes the playoffs, does that save his job? If he misses the playoffs, does that mean it's, it's over? What, what, does he, what, has, what do the Galaxy have to do? to save Chris Klein's job, or, or is he safe? Yeah, well, I and mean, we even went above that too, right? Because we were talking about Beckerman, and with Beckerman and all the expansion that's going on at, at Stable Center slash Crypto.com Arena, um, down, sta- down in uh, at, at LA Live, and just all the expansion The Kings there. making the playoffs? The Kings making the playoffs. Is, is Beckerman's job safe? And I would certainly say that Beckerman's job is a lot safer than Chris Klein's right now. I think that seems to be 
at least the thing. But that's if you're looking for change, that might not be a good thing because we know that Beckerman and Kleiner are, you know, they get along um, and they see things, I think, similarly in a lot of different ways. So that's sort of been his guy. Now, whether or not he can divorce himself from his guy, it's a big question for me. The Herbalife deal gets tipped to AEG because AEG is the one who has all that sponsorship. They're the know-how on that. They're the ones who got that done. So good job, AEG. Um, for me, you can take credit for all the signings you want, but you also have to take credit for all the signings that didn't work before that if you want to take credit for these ones. So that doesn't necessarily... And everything that's happening right now, sponsorship, player signings, everything is normal in the course of operating a club. But if you look over the time period that Chris Klein has been involved with the club, is there enough there to say that he deserves another extension? And I even made the argument, Kevin, tell me if he didn't take the extension with the LA Galaxy, okay? If he doesn't, because they're only going to offer him one year. Maybe maybe uh, Dan Beckerman is like, and we're going to offer you one year, Chris, and that's it. Take it or leave it. And Chris Klein says, I'm going to leave it. Tell me which MLS team he goes to. No, he goes to the World Cup committee. He's going to be part president. He is president right now, co-chair rather, of the, the 2026 World Cup Post Committee for Los Angeles. I, th I think he somehow morphs that into a full-time job, and and I think that could be a full-time job. I mean, it's getting close now, and and I, I think the League's Cup uh, tournament uh, that they had there that sold out. A lot of people now are talking about SoFi. A lot of buzz around the stadium that I hadn't heard before, and now might be the time to jump on that. It might actually be. A good thing, but when you look at so Chris Klein comes in in 2017 after uh, Bruce Arena leaves, blows everything up, and they make the, the playoffs once in five years. Since then, and you look at the good signings. Okay, he got Salatan, fantastic, one of the greatest players in MLS history. They won one playoff game with Salatan. They made they didn't even make the playoffs one of those years. Um, you could make the argument that that was a great signing, but he wasted the guy. Two of the greatest years in MLS history. It didn't win the Galaxy anything. He had Pavone here. Didn't win anything. He's had Chicharito on his third year. Hasn't won anything. It's great to bring these guys in, but you're bringing them in to win games. And if they don't win games, they don't make the playoffs. You've just wasted it. So when you, you know, even when you look at the good signings, did they really get uh, anything out of those? No. Well, I mean, not from the not from the field side, right? Because you would imagine that Zlatan was a financial success in terms of what he brought to the team and how many jerseys he sold and the and the uh, the the PR that he brings just in the attention on the LA Galaxy with that. So, I mean, you know, that's successful. I, again, give credit where credit's due. That's successful. But I, if you can't tell me that Chris Klein can land at any other Major League Soccer team right now, then why would the LA Galaxy keep him? If the LA Galaxy are supposed to be the the standard bearer for Major League Soccer. They're supposed to excel. They want excellence. They want all these things. Um, then how do you sit there and even think that Chris Klein has the chance to be extended? Because... You and I both know if Tim Laiwiki was in the job that Dan Beckerman holds and when Tim Laiwiki was in the job that Dan Beckerman's hold, Laiwiki's job was to strive for excellence and to put pieces together that would win championships. And he was focused on the LA Galaxy. He was focused on the Kings. He was focused on all those things. But it was about making the LA Galaxy the best. And you can't sit there and tell me that Tim Laiwiki wouldn't already have been in Garth Loggerway's ear and said, listen, whenever you're done, we're just going to dump a whole bunch of money on you. You're going to come down here. You're going to be the president of the LA Galaxy. We're going to let you run this um, president GM and you're going to you're going to set this up and we're going to go with you. And whether or not Greg Vanny survives that, we'd see. Right. Because obviously it's not Garth's guy. Could be. 
right? So maybe they work together, maybe they don't, that type of thing. But that's the decision that needs to be made. You can't sit there, and I don't think there's any defense right now from AEG that says we're striving for excellence whenever they're trying to keep people in positions that they wouldn't have a job on any other team. And that goes for players as well, right? Like in a lot of ways, you can sit there and say there's some players, somebody like Kevin Cabral, would he play on any other MLS team right now? Not as a de- not as a young designated player, maybe as a lower, maybe as a TAM player, there might be some, but there's things like that. Those used to be the way that the LA Galaxy measured themselves, right? Which was, we want to be excellent. Now what's their measurement? We want to be with the guy who probably couldn't be a president at any other club. Well, and you mentioned Garth Langerway and, and people might say, well, you know, I know him a little bit. He's very happy in Seattle, but it's he's been there 10 years. You know, and, and guys like him thrive off challenges. He's built the team. It's been successful. It looks like Seattle may be entering a period, even though they won the CONCACAF Champions League this year, they may be entering a period where there's going to be some rebuilding. Maybe he's not up to that. Maybe uh, there, he's not up to it there. He'd like to go rebuild somewhere else. Maybe he's up to the challenge. I know that he's been, there's been a lot of talk about him going to Atlanta where there's a vacancy there. So, you know, if he's thinking about moving, maybe the Galaxy step in and say, hey, why go all the way to Atlanta? Why not come to California? Um, Todd Denovitz out there, he, he's kind of a guy I think would be good. But when you look at what the rest of MLS is doing, I think you can make the argument that Galaxy has been passed by. I mean, look at what has happened in Seattle. Look at Austin, where they went from nowhere to the top of the table. Look at what's going on in Nashville. Um, you know, Atlanta, I, mean, are, I think you probably Atlanta, mentioned Atlanta, well, but uh, Atlanta, Atlanta's kind of going down, but, but John Thornton, the great job he's doing at, L- at LAFC, yep. you don't see the galaxy doing anything to match what those guys have done there. It's still kind of the old standard thing. The galaxy has done, uh, you know, even before Bruce, it's not working anymore. So, We're in a different generation now. So, so why isn't, so, I mean, then the question for AEG, the question for the LA galaxy as the, as the entity that AEG owns and operates is why are they not in somebody like Garth Lagerway's ears? Why aren't they in Tim Baspachenko who, who Greg Vanny worked with? Maybe they don't like each other, but why aren't you in his ear? saying, hey, you know what's really nice? The weather in Southern California and the house you're going to be able to buy in the ocean with the amount of money that we're going to shovel but into. You know what? I wouldn't even sell that. What I would sell them is, hey, you can't you can't get people to come to Columbus or Kansas City or Real Salt Lake. You want to try to recruit a European player to L.A.? Look at all the ones we've gotten. Yeah. Come over here. You'll be able to end. Look at how much money we have. Yeah, I mean, and that's and this is where it sort of gets into it. it you know, it was really interesting. I don't know every, if everybody saw the article that came out today in the L.A. Times. You had nothing to do with it, so you won't get any credit. But on the on the stadium renovations that are going on in crypto, I mean, it's a ridiculous high dollar amount of money. They are and and the comments in it or, or sort of the commentary on it was that. AEG has to keep putting money into this because there is more options in downtown, in and around there with SoFi Stadium, all the new things that are around. You have to make your stadium an inviting place to come and you have to make it state of the art and you have to make it different than everything else and you have to keep updating that. And it's 20 years old now, right? And so if you do all those things, that's how you keep it up. Well, look at Dignity Health Sports Park. I mean, and people in our Discord, we were talking and I said, listen, I've heard little rumors that there could be something that updates the entire stadium that spends a lot of money at that stadium if they're going to do it before the Olympics comes. Right. So it's not that they're not doing it, but these are the types of things that AEG has to do, one, to maintain their investment and two, to make their investment grow. If they're not going to be have somebody like Tim Laiwiki 
who is going to strive for the excellence that I think Los Angeles deserves, certainly in the market that they have with the stars and everything, then sell the team. Because being mediocre at what you do in a star-driven, title-driven city such as Los Angeles means you'll be an also-ran. You'll be limited to the very back pages of the LA Times, even if they decide to write on you at all or cover you at all. I mean, that's where they're putting this team if they're not, if they don't have that in mind. Well, you can't go much uh, further down than we've already got at the LA Times. You realize that the Galaxy game I covered on Friday got less than 600 readers? Yes. On uh, Online. Yes. Just yeah. nobody. Yeah. Do you know no why one. nobody reads it? Because you guys don't cover the LA Galaxy on a regular basis anymore. So we're oh, not going to say because my because my stories are terrible. No. It's, that it, was going to be my but, no. but you talked about invest. You you mentioned the as your time peg for uh, fixing up the diggity. Uh, you mentioned the Olympics. I think they face an even tighter deadline. I think they got to start going if they want to attract attract teams during the World Cup. Now, SoFi is the stadium, whether it's the stadium for the final quarterfinals, group play, whatever. That's Southern California Stadium. The one and only stadium for Southern California is about eight miles from Dignity Health Sports Park, if that. They, we know they have tremendous facilities there. Are they World Cup worthy right now? Probably not. If they could up, we know they have those fields there. If they could upgrade the locker rooms, the the weight rooms, maybe have a cafeteria or something in there to attract these teams, that's where they're going to get competition too. A lot of the European teams love going to UCLA. Yeah, they love going to Pasadena. They like the hotels. They like the fields. Mm -hmm. If they can attract teams to Dignity Health Sports Park by upgrading uh, the facilities there for the World Cup, then obviously the Olympics follow. And they'll, you know, be back at the velodrome, and and maybe that uh, that outdoor arena becomes part of the boxing uh, competition. A lot of things can happen, but they're starting to face deadlines now. You can't start these things like 15 minutes before the teams get here. Yeah, 100. Um, let's let's it's it's an interesting little segue in terms of how it goes and how it comes back. But and we, we didn't settle anything. No, no, I I don't think you can. I mean, okay. In can you settle? I mean, what what? Uh, here's the big deal: is that. What do we feel now? We've been around this organization. We've been around AEG. We, you know, you've talked to Dan Beckerman much more than I've talked to Dan. Um, he once bought me some water at, at Crypto.com Arena. You, sh if you ever and get Brendan, Brendan Hannon tried to stab me. <laughs> that was that was not. It was a butter knife. Relax. That was not true. He didn't try to stab I you. Look like butter. Look at me. <laughs> he didn't try to stab you, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't a pleasant conversation that you had. But I it. It, it was also pretty interesting that 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 occurs on a in a in a season where the LA Galaxy have their worst season in, a, in their history. But hey, whatever. Um, no, just really interesting. Stuff is like, by the way, if you ever catch Kevin off to the side, ask him about that. He'll tell you all about it. Um, what what yes. you just said, though, it's, I, I don't want to let that go. It's so interesting. I've been doing this job for a long time, for too long. You know, teams and presidents like Chris Klein and, and, and Ned Coletti, general manager of the Dodgers, anybody, you'd be surprised how much they love my coverage when they're winning. <laughs> and then when they're losing, they hate my coverage. And the only thing that's changed, not me, not my opinion of the team, not the way I write, the only thing that's changed is the results. Yeah. And they love it when I'm covering them when they're winning and they hate me when I'm covering them when they're losing. It's not my fault. Win the games and you like me again. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um I'm trying to Maybe. think I'm I'm trying to think of overall here's the here's the, if we sort of look back at the game, and I want to just touch on the game again just a little bit more, just because I I don't think we've sort of talked it to death or anything else. Um, is that I don't know that you could sit there and say, oh, this person absolutely had a great game, but I, in, I'm i starting to see some signs of real life with the LA Galaxy's offense, and we can pretend that, you know, it's not. 
Um, but the the stats are trying to show right now, if they keep scoring on the pace that they're scoring, they're actually going to score more goals than they scored last year. And at one point, Kevin, we know that this Galaxy team was way, way down in terms of goal scoring and everything else. And so things are starting to heat up a little bit. Um, Chicharito has 11 goals and one assist. He has four goals and one assist in the last three games, right? Um, Jovalich has one goal and one assist in the last two games. He has 10 goals, three assists uh, in the MLS regular season right now. So you're getting the goal scoring. Victor Vasquez has two goals in two games, and he's not allowed to let his son leave ever again because um, Leo was uh, was was apparently his good luck charm. He was cracking up. Um, so there was a the thing. Having said all of that, try to find me somebody who had a really good game. Try to tell me. Try to find me somebody, Kevin, who thought that the LA Galaxy deserved to be up two nothing at halftime. I didn't think that was the case. Well, they've scored ten goals in the last three games, and I wonder if you credit Brugman with this because he's been the difference. And I'm not. I don't mean to make that a negative comment about Ravellison, who left when uh, just after Brugman came in. But that's the only. I mean, you you certainly can't say Ricky Pouche changed things because he hasn't been here for those three games. He played twenty six minutes or whatever. But Bergman seems to be the one guy. You know, Vasquez hasn't been on the field 90 minutes of games. Sasha Klesson, you can't really, you know, I, Cabral's gotten a little bit better. You know, he's had a couple of assists. But, and, and Grant Sear had a, had, a, had a good game against Vancouver. But Bergman's been the one guy that, and, and I don't know that he's done it, but maybe he's freed up um, Mark Delgado and others to get a little bit more involved. Maybe that's the difference. Yeah, Delgado didn't have a horrible game, although he did have that mispass and miscommunication with Cabral that ended up leading to a goal for the uh, for the Galaxy there. I don't know whose fault that is. You know, is it Marky's fault or is it the um, Kevin Cabral's fault? I mean, just blame them both. That's what I say. You know, there's okay. there's no point in trying to figure this out. I thought the most interesting thing, and I pointed this out to you, the most interesting thing for me was how Greg Vanny attacked that in that first half, which was wingers all the way out to the side. So Grand Sierra and Cabral all the way out, their toes touching the white line. And with Araujo and Edwards, instead of overlapping on the outside, which is usually how they overlap, they were all overlapping to the inside. So it was almost like they were trying to pull Seattle's back line apart and then try to get a, a midfielder to sort of pull out of position as Araujo came in or have a defender pull out of position when Araujo came in or whenever um, uh, Edwards came in and those types of things. I actually thought it was really successful at some point there in the first half. I thought the Galaxy played a pretty good first half. But that 20 minutes after the first half with Seattle sort of adjusting. And by the way, Jordan Morris looked like he was going to run over Nick Depew for like 90 minutes. And then all of a sudden that got shut down real quick. I don't know whether or not they move Morris to a different position because Morris scored in the 15th minute. Uh, and if it wasn't for an eagle-eyed AR and a correctly called offside, uh, Jordan Morris would have had a tying goal in the 15th minute when it would the Galaxy went up in the 10th minute, would do a Chicharito's goal, um, and then it would have been Jordan Morris with the equalizer there, except that they actually got the call right, which is always nice. Um, so for me, I don't know. But you can't tell me that that Galaxy team, and listen, I, people will say duh right away, but Seattle and Vancouver are different teams, Kevin, right? The the space that was available for Vancouver was not available against Seattle. Vanny called them a mature team. I think Victor Vasquez sort of hinted at the same. They're smart. They know how to play. They may not be playing great, and they gave up three goals. LA Galaxy scored three goals on them. They gave up. The Galaxy gave up three goals as well. You do those things. You understand why they happen right? But that was not a cohesive game. The Galaxy looked disconnected through most of that, and they need to fix that because in Vancouver, it was open, it was free-flowing, but it was 
not just that Vancouver gave them the space, it's that they knew how to exploit that space. They knew where the other guys were going to be. It looked very easy for the Galaxy. This game was an absolute grind from the very beginning. Nothing looked like it was on time. Everything looked rushed. It was not, it was, it was a bad performance. And if the LA Galaxy can get a point out of bad performances, Kevin, I think they make the playoffs. Because but it, it, it's interesting you talk about, you know, when, when Bruce was here, um, the Galaxy played wide as well. You always had guys with their back heels on the, on the end, on the touchline. That was sort of a staple of Bruce Arena at home. And the Galaxy were, were unbeatable, you know, at Dignity, Health Sports Park, whatever it's called back then, StubHub and Home Depot and everything. On that field, which hasn't changed names, it's one of the widest fields in the league, and Bruce Arena used that to his advantage, and I don't think anybody else really has since then. Maybe this is a shot that, that Greg Vanny is starting to realize that, look, if we win a home field advantage, we have to play to the advantage of the field when we're at home, which is it's a very wide field, spread it out. I'm kind of glad to see them taking advantage of that because I think that is a very good option when you're playing on a field that wide. You see New York City, they're so good at home because they play it's is it the narrowest field in the world probably. Post, and they stamp, play, yes. Yeah, they play. They play very well. They bunch things together. They play well on a narrow field, um, because they're they're forced to. I think the Galaxy have a wide field, and they and they have speedy guys, speedy wingers. They should use that to their advantage. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I I looked at the Galaxy shape, and you can't tell me that if you look at the Galaxy shape that you sit there and think, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's too discombobulated. I did like some of the strong connections between, you know, Brugman and then you had Victor Vasquez mm-hmm. and you have Grant Sear and you had Depew on sort of one side and Edwards on one side, but you look how strong out it gets with, uh, Chicharito and Delgado and Cabral and Araujo all operating in a lot of the same space. Now, listen, average position it just means some guys run more than others right it doesn't mean you're occupying the exact same space but usually when the galaxy play better we see a more a a better sort of understanding of what those groupings look like and sort of the better spacing i didn't love the spacing in this look at seattle spacing but go back go go back to the galaxy for a minute because it's clear from that diagram from your uh, geometry problem there that they saw something on seattle's right side that they wanted to attack yes and no i mean Again, so if if you th- these are all the things that could mean where you see guys in the same spot is that one guy stands there the whole game and he doesn't move. That's that's an average position, right? There's also another one which is like Araujo. Araujo go, runs all the way forward and runs all the way back, and so his average position is usually right about the center of the field. Now the Galaxy had more possession than Seattle did, and usually that means that Araujo's positioning is going to be slightly over the midline, right? So they're not in the same space. It's just that that's where they were running. Usually, though, that could mean that they were trying to foot, like you said, Kevin, they were trying to overload, right? And that's why you see more things on the right. But quite honestly, while the goal came from that side, um, I thought they actually played a little bit better down the left-hand side, which was a little bit more stable in its positioning. It's really... Again, average positioning doesn't give you all the information that you want to see the runs and to see the space and sort of see where it is. But if you go from the LA Galaxy's average positioning, which is sort of, again, clumped together and it doesn't look real cohesive, and you go to Seattle, Seattle has a better shape, right? And you see Seattle jamming the center of the field, right? And so that was, again, some of that was whenever it comes into the second half and sort of where they're sitting there, right? But that to me was adjustments. And I think Damien said it, in the, as we were walking down to the uh, to the press conference, uh, Damian Calhoun uh, from the LA Daily News said uh, to me, he goes, man, that was a chess game 
when you watched how many little adjustments they were making on both sides. And I think Vanny was making adjustments. I think Schmetzer was making adjustments. And they both got in there. And in the end, it ended up all square 3-3. Uh, but I thought Seattle played better. I thought Seattle was unlucky not to get away from the win there. So for me, that's where I sit there on that game. Um, Greg Vanny said we lost two points, but we gained a point. It's, it's, I think that's a pretty accurate description of exactly what happens. You lost two points. You realize you lost two points. But to fight back and come back and get that point, as you said earlier, Kevin, um, was an important one sort of to get. One, one point was the difference in them not making the playoffs last year. So we'll see how important this one point is. Well, so, so Greg said, hey, you know, we talked. he talked about the RSL game last year where they gave up the late goal, right? And it cost them, um, it cost them points. And he said, you know, those could have been, he goes, that one point, that draw that we could have gotten instead we lost would have gotten us into the playoffs, the whole deal. Well, uh, if I want to play the, the, the Greg Vanny counter game to that is the two points they lost against Seattle from being up to nothing could be the two points that keep them out of the playoffs. Right. And so it's very easy to sort of say, oh, that one point might be the point that gets them into the playoffs. I can play the other side of that as well, which is those two points may keep you out of the playoffs. So. See, but Greg and I, we're optimistic guys. <laughs> so we're thinking it's good. And then you just like the glass is half empty. Yeah, again. that's 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 usually what I'm known for on here. That's uh, exactly how it goes. Points to the playoffs. If you're trying to get the LA Galaxy to 48 points, which again, we think might be a little high for the seventh position, but we're going to keep it there where it's at. Uh, the LA Galaxy now sit at 34 points. That means that the minimum points they need to get to 48 is 14 points. The games remaining are nine points or excuse me, nine games, and that's a total of 27 available points. So, Kevin, the LA Galaxy... They have to do, get more than half. They have, they have to, to get, get more than half. half. Do you want me to tell you something? Are you ready? Since we started tracking this, and we've sort of been saying the Galaxy have to get about half points, the Galaxy have been getting half points, right? So if we go through and we say there's one, two, three, four, five, there was 15 points available, and so far the LA Galaxy have gotten seven points. They're basically right on that half. Right. So 15 points available. The Galaxy have gotten seven out of the 15 they've played so far. So they're right at half points. So if they continue on this pace, you would expect them to get at 48. So that's sort of sort of one to keep out. But the problem is that it's not sort of spaced evenly. The Galaxy have just three home games remaining and one, two, three, four, five, six, six away games. That's that's not spaced well for them, Kevin, in terms of how they've been doing. And if we look at the home and we look at the away points, we can see that the LA Galaxy have struggled, even though they started out well, they have struggled on the road. And if they're going to struggle on the road, it's going to be a problem. for them. Are you counting but over there? I, I no, no, no. What I was going to say is when you look at the standings, though, I mean, all that's true and all that's well and good. But there are there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams within six points of one another from fifth place, Real Salt Lake down to 11th place, Colorado. Yep. Um, they're separated by six points. So one one win, if every, if all the other results go your way, say you're Colorado in 11th place with 32 points, you get one win, you go all the way into the playoff, you get one win in the draw, and, and all of a sudden you're comfortable. You're in, you're you know fighting for a top five spot. The Galaxy are, are 34 points. They're in seventh place only because um, Vancouver is 34 and Seattle is 33 and Portland has 33. The Galaxy are ahead of them only because of the first tiebreaker, which is total wins. They have 10 wins. Um, that tiebreaker thing is really helping the galaxy out because you have teams like nashville nashville is nine nine and nine i mean they're the epitome of a mediocre team nine wins nine losses nine nine draws the galaxy have only had four ties so the fact that they have one win over the rest of the teams they're competing with it you know it, it it could really be the determining factor but the other thing you and i were talking about you mentioned the road trip or playing on the road they go to new england they go to toronto 
or last East Coast swing, last East Coast Eastern Division teams they're going to see. The Galaxy are 4-1-1 one, one against the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, they beat the defending champions New York City in the first game of the season. They played really well against the Eastern Conference. I think the only team they lost to was Orlando City. Um, so this is a chance for them to to pick up some points. You you had talked earlier where you think maybe zero or one point uh, is a realistic um, uh, in total for them to get in these two games. When you look at the number of games the Galaxy have played, they have two games in hand over Nashville, over Vancouver, over Portland. The Galaxy have only played 25. Those teams have played 27. The Galaxy have one game in hand against the other teams they're competing with, Real Salt Lake and and uh, um, uh, Seattle has 26, Colorado has 26. So the Galaxy have two games in hand. Uh, I know that the real game in hand is the San Jose game, which was moved from early in the season to right. the end of this month. But when you look at it in, in just pure game terms, they have two games to play that the other teams don't have to play. To me, the two games are the, is this road trip because they're not playing conference teams. If they go out and they don't get points, as you're predicting, I think they waste their two-game advantage. Now, you're right. It's schedule is set up. It's not really the games they have in hand. But my point is they have two extra games to play. They play two games on this road trip. If they don't get any points, then they've given up that two-game advantage. I think they need to get at least – at least a, a point. I mean, I think four points would be good if they could come home with a win and a draw. That might be a little ambitious, but if they don't get anything, they've just wasted their advantage. Yeah, I, I will say this, that you could pick any two points and say that those are the two games that they make up. You're just picking these two, right? That yeah. Just because it's easy for you to make a point. That's not necessarily what is actually happening. Again, the only game they have in hand is the San Jose game right now. That's it. I know they have two games up, but they're going to play a midweek game. And then they're going to, you know, they're going to play a weekend game. Then they're going to play a midweek game, right? That's going to be two games. It's just two games in the schedule, but that will adjust them basically to having the one game in hand on the San Jose game. It's the only one that got moved. They are going to be behind by one game whenever they head in to play that San Jose game. That is going to be the one that adjusts them to everybody else. So that's the only game that matters. Here's the deal. I, we talked about it before they, uh, before this game, we said, you know, Victor Vasquez was really talking about it, which was they had a chance to separate themselves from Seattle, right? You could have knocked Seattle down. You could have knocked Seattle and put them in an even greater hurt in the playoffs. And instead, that's the team that's dangerous right now. Right. That's the team the Galaxy need to fear, I think. And and instead, you let them back into the game, right? You let them back in. You let them have hope, right? These were two play. Seattle needed the win more than the LA Galaxy did. Seattle needed the point more than the LA Galaxy did, technically speaking. But the more damage was done to the LA Galaxy by not getting three points at home than Seattle, if Seattle would have lost that game, right? So it was Seattle who was probably the more desperate of it. Now it flips. And we said before, if you can beat Seattle, you take some pressure off of this road trip because this is a tough road trip. You're going to New England. You're going across your three time zones. You know, you're going to Toronto. You're staying, you're staying out in the, on the road. You're not coming back for that. All these are difficult things. And we know that New England is playing better. And we know that Toronto is playing better. So these are the things that you worry about whenever you go into these types of situations. You have to get points now. Now, if the Galaxy gets zero points out of the next two games, does that mean their playoff hopes are done? Absolutely not, right? And so that's sort of the things because these aren't the most winnable games for them on this schedule as this schedule comes through for me, at least for me. Right. So I'm looking at New England and Toronto and saying, OK, those are difficult games. I'm looking at SKC at home. That's a game the Galaxy should win. Now they got blown out by SKC last time they played them. But I'm still going to stick by. That's a game the Galaxy should win. So, you know, I can sit there and say that 
basically, if I balance this schedule out and look at it, let's say the Galaxy have to win all three of their remaining home games. Sporting Kansas City, Colorado, RSL, that's nine points, right? So the Galaxy need to have five more points out of that. If you can steal some points, a point against New England, a point against Toronto, that's huge asks for the LA Galaxy. And let's let's also be realistic because I always get messages where look how far it's stalled, look how far it's fallen, man. The LA Galaxy need to get wins on the road, and Josh is saying just take a point, just take a point. I've always said that. I said that in 2012. I said that in 2014. Rarely do even those teams in the LA Galaxy teams go out and say they're absolutely going to win a game against good teams. And I think New England is good. I think Toronto is good right now. In their form, rarely did the LA Galaxy go out and say, oh, we were absolutely going to win those games. That didn't happen. Now, what did happen is the LA Galaxy would go out against bad teams on the road and beat them, right? But that's not the case. These are better teams. They're starting to find their form. So, and Toronto is way down on the Eastern Conference. Don't, don't, if you've been watching them play, they've been playing just fine. All right. That's the Italian, Italian mafia up there now with Bob Bradley in charge. So, they have some serious grit on them. If the Galaxy can survive this and get either one or two points, I think it's a successful road trip. So so just because they signed Italian players, they have to be mafiosos? Wow. Yeah. That wow, was, that right. was, went there. But, you know, here's another thing with the schedule. Greg calls these East Coast games bonus games. And the, re- the reason he says that is he, he said you're not playing a conference opponent. You, you really don't impact the conference standings one way or the other. You can't knock somebody down. Um, because you're not competing against the conference team. So these are kind of bonus points. I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but once what I do agree with is once that's done, uh, you mentioned the schedule, the Galaxy only play two teams, Nashville on the road and Real Salt Lake at home, that are ahead of them. That means they can only climb the standings against those two teams. Everybody else is behind them. San Jose, they're out of it. It doesn't matter what the Galaxy does uh, against San Jose in terms of San Jose catching them. Um, we also mentioned Kansas City. They're out of it. it. They can't catch them. Nashville is a big game. At Nashville, the Galaxy are, are a couple points behind them. Seattle, uh, Vancouver, just a point behind the Galaxy, are actually tied with them now. That's going to be a big game. That is in Vancouver. And Colorado, probably, they're probably, you know, in points, they're close, but but realistically, they have a lot of ground to make up. So the, the, the schedule doesn't give the Galaxy, not only are most of these games, the two big games are on the road, Nashville and Vancouver, yep. but the Galaxy really don't, they're not playing the teams ahead of them. They're not playing the teams that they need to try to catch. Um, they are playing teams that they want to keep behind them, but that not, might not be enough. Um, so the, the schedule at this point, not only just a home road split, but who they play, uh, really working against the Galaxy, I think. I don't know. I mean, technically speaking, they have a soft schedule to close it out. I mean, outside of Nashville, you're right. Sporting Kansas City is a bad team. Vancouver is a bad team. Colorado is not a good team right now. San Jose is a bad team. Tell me how that would you rather be playing LAFC in Austin and Dallas um, for those games? No, you wouldn't. Although sometimes you would if you're the Galaxy because you actually played those teams well outside of Dallas. Um, that's the whole problem here is that this Galaxy team, if this was any other team that has shown any sort of consistency, you could look at that and say, there's points enough there. I just mentioned four four teams that are bad teams this year, and the Galaxy are not as bad as them, but there's zero confidence in me. Like if you're, <laughs> they're like, would you bet your house on any of these? No. How could you get, de- you could never bet on the LA Galaxy this year. I have seen people making money betting against the LA Galaxy, especially whenever they're heavy favorites. So this is the problem is, if there's one thing that changed and it's only one thing, it's that it, 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 it would be that like the galaxy could beat the bad teams. Like they played against Vancouver and they beat the ever living snot out of them. Right. So you're like, okay, cool. Five, two. 
if they could do that to all the bad teams that are underneath them right now, they'll make the playoffs no problem. Because the other good, that mean, you know what that means? That means other good teams are playing other good teams. And other good teams, they can take points away from each other. They can stall each other. That's why the 48 probably doesn't make sense. 45, 46, somewhere in there is probably probably where that playoff line is going to sit. And so, and again, the double-digit wins, I think, are a big thing because I think it's going to come down to a tiebreaker again like it did last year. The Galaxy lost a tiebreaker last year. This year, they're looking really good. But the other thing, too, when you talk about the teams behind them, they're playing bad teams. These teams have nothing to play for now, so especially San Jose and, and, and Kansas City. Maybe, maybe Colorado and Vancouver think they have something to play for, but Kansas City just wrecked Portland's season. They beat them 4-1. to one. Uh, last weekend, that was a big win for Kansas City. San Jose, they just ended LAFC's uh, uh, winning streak. LAFC had a chance to match the all-time MLS winning streak. San Jose, uh, they went in there, I thought, really overconfident. Started Ryan Holland's head as a forward, and San Jose just said, "No, no, not not on our turf." And they 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 beat them two to one. So these, you know, when when the Galaxy come in to to play San Jose. Or they go, or they play Kansas City at home, and they're trying to get into the playoffs, and those teams have nothing to play for. Guess what they're playing for? They're playing to ruin the Galaxy season, which and is the so Galaxy much fun. Always, the Galaxy has always been a team with a big target on their back because of their success. And other teams, when they're going through a tough spell, they would like nothing better than to wreck the Galaxy season. Uh, it was Patrick says this playoff pennant race uh, will be decided by grit, right? It'll be, and, and if you're if you're taking that view, which I think is. Is pretty clear. I think this is these are going to be grind games. These are all grind games for the galaxy. And did the galaxy have that? Have they shown that they, they just, did in they this did, last game? They, I was going to say they just did it against Seattle. So if there's a positive that you can take from that is that they found a way to get a result. If they can find a way to get a result out of New England, they can find a way to get a result out of Toronto. If they get two points from the next two games. Galaxy fans should be jumping up and down on top of their vehicles on the, uh, is it the sixth, the fifth street bridge, the sixth street bridge, which one always gets taken over. And now you're they're making a make a six street bridge. That's the new one. Yeah. Who's your, who is the grind? I'm thinking of one guy in my mind. Who was the grinder? Who's the guy you want to be in a foxhole with? Uh, Brogman, Gaston Brogman. I already like him. Well, uh, who? Jovalich, Jovalich, Jovalich. He has no emotions. He's a robot. I'm a machine. That's what, that's him. He's, did you ever see over the top? With with Sylvester Stallone, it was an, a shirt off when he scores. It was an arm wrestling movie. Did you ever see Over the Top? It's oh. a great movie. Sylvester Stallone, he would turn his hat around and he goes, "When I turn my hat around, it's like I'm a machine, right?" And that's that's Yovelich. He turns his hat around yeah. and if, uh, if Will Ferrell or Jason Sudeikis aren't in the movie, there's a good chance I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, so that's sort of where we sit with the game. That's sort of where we sit with playoffs. There's nothing that I think we've told you that you didn't already know. Um. I think there's certainly some arguments about which games are important. And I liked how Kevin flip flopped on that the entire time. Well, you know, so bonus games or the most important games. It's one of those two, just whatever it's in between there. Yeah. I, I'm just, it's a smorgasbord over here with me. In my <laughs> opinion. You can pick whatever one you want. Uh, I wanted to talk about at least about the season ticket member, um, uh, event they had. I didn't get to go. I was actually busy with family stuff. Um, and I don't know that, I don't know that we like I got invited. I didn't, I didn't get in, I didn't get invited. They did definitely didn't want you there. Um, no. And so I'm not sure that there, I'm sure there was press availability and stuff like that. I was busy with family anyway, so it, it didn't matter. But um wanted to say that I think it was really cool because I've been getting stories from a lot of you and, and you got to the time and you got to sit and listen to Greg Vanny talk, which is something that we do on a regular basis. And I think that whenever you sit and listen to him talk, that there is something in that that you should be sitting there and saying, you know, this guy knows 
what he's talking about. He knows about the tactics. He knows the ways things are going and he sees the problems that you see. This is the stuff that I'm always like, guys, he, he sees it, right? I asked him about Kevin Cabral after the game. I said, Kevin Cabral had a chance to give you guys the three, one lead. That would have basically ended the game. That should have, he missed. Are you still getting what you want out of Kevin Cabral and Sam Grant's here, right? Sam and, but particularly Kevin and Greg said, we've had this conversation multiple times. This is what I get out of Kevin and I, something I don't get out of anybody else. Right. And so, that was Greg Vanny talking and, and, and doing all that stuff. But you got to see it and you got to hear him talking to Joe. And I heard it was a really good conversation. The event looked gorgeous. Um, for the most part, I saw some complaints. Not a lot. But it seemed it like it was people, a little fishy. It was a little fishy. That's what that's what you heard. Yeah. Can't take you anywhere. Um anyway, so so I think everybody had a good time, and I'm glad that people had a good time because you deserve and enjoy that and hopefully got to interact with players and I saw a lot of video from it and fun things. So hopefully that was cool. It's a really cool venue. I really like the Aquarium of the Pacific in Long Beach. Um, it's not always the easiest to get to. It's not always the easiest to find parking to, but it's not hard to get to either. And so that's really fun. And I, if if my son could have st- if my son stays up late enough one of these times because he basically goes to bed at seven, um, we could do some of that stuff. Um, and so, um, but that wasn't going to happen. So it looked like everybody had a good time though. And, and so I think that's fun. Um, and I heard about the talks and Greg Vanny saying that he wants, he's looking at defense it, he's looking at another center back that he thinks he doesn't have the vocal leadership that he wants on the back line. Um, that he still thinks that he's probably, uh, a little thin, I think in central defensive midfield, I think he would like another CDM outside of Brugman, um, to sort of still sort of sit there. I also think that center back is probably going to be one of his focuses. Um, and you can see that, uh, I think he rates Koulibaly over Williams right now, and people just fell off their chair whenever I said that. I think that's what he thinks. Um, I think that the Galaxy aren't settled as settled as defense as they showed at the beginning of the year. I think if they went back and played it a little more simple, that they would be a better defensive team. But I think that you got to go to um, uh, you know, an event that uh, that looked really, really nice, that was a benefit to you as season ticket members and something you haven't been able to do with the, the pandemic and you got to go see that. So I hope everybody enjoyed it at the time, uh, enjoyed their time, had fun. And I think that for the most part, the Galaxy probably get a, a pretty good passing grade on on having that season ticket member event. And speaking of defenders, guess who scored a goal this weekend? Defenders and store Dave Romney. Dave Romney did friend of the pod. Mm-hmm. Dan Starris scored the week before, I believe. So, wow, it's, yeah, it's, it's just it's raining trend. goals. It's raining goals um, for all those. So um, Alex, by the way, in our chat room said far more confidence after hearing him speak. It does matter. I know you think everybody thinks I'm crazy and I'm like, it does matter. Go talk to people. Go talk to these guys. I know you don't always get the chance and I'm very lucky that I get to. But go talk to these guys. You have a lot more confidence. In, in and Greg said all that in front of his players, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, absolutely. He did. I, I, I don't I think they know that. Uh, Marvin, by the way, um, gave us a $10 super chat. He goes, uh, that hat. Um, and then you posting a Spanish video made by a Salvi and Panda equals your Salvi card is still up to date. All right, good. So I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're, we're covered. Uh, Marvin did a great video. He sent it over to me and if you go on my Instagram, you can watch that. And that gave me a good feel for what was going on. And I got some pictures sent by some of our listeners. And then I texted some other people and asked them how it was. So I reach out, I find these things out. So, uh, I think everybody did. Let's go to rumors because rumors have been circulating and we've Kevin, 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 have you ever had this in, in all of these years that we've been doing this? And it's been a long time. In all of the years that we've been doing this, have you ever had a transfer window heat up after it was closed like this? No. And by, by the way, I need to say to keep my salve card punched, I love the fat fact that at the Papusaria they give you the plantanos with sour cream. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's plantano frito with crema. That's the way you're supposed to have it, not the way the Cubans do it. But what I find interesting, not just, I mean, it's certainly in LA with LAFC still doing things, the Galaxy still doing things. This is the most active summer. Just forget the, the transfer window all summer. This is, you know, I mean, Cellini came in at the beginning of June. The Galaxy started bringing their guys in sort of at the end of June. We started hearing about these, these moves. This has been the longest you know, a uh, continual movement in, in, in roster building that I can remember seeing. And I remember, you know, in baseball, you always have that trade deadline. A lot of things happen. Right. I remember one uh, general manager told me, he said he hates this period. He says, you, you spend all winter building your team. You come to spring training. You had, you put your team together, you put your offense together, you put your pitching staff together. And then in July, you're, you're, rival in the division goes out and buys 16 new guys and it's it's it, it's a completely different battle and that's kind of what's happening here i mean they you know credit to the galaxy they recognized where they they had some faults they recognized where there's some holes they certainly have the money and they were able to go out and get things they needed to address the concerns that they had but now so, it's continuing yeah but now it's continuing it's continuing and they're already starting to think about, according to these rumors, they're yes, already sir. starting to think about 2023. And I'm not really sure that I buy some of these rumors. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. Uh, by the way, Manny gave us a $2 super chat and said uh, that he took his uh, his pops for the game was fun watch for the first time. So that was that was good. I'm glad you got to do that. And then a $10 super chat from Patrick. Patrick, always in our chat room. Always appreciate it. Great show as usual, onward and upward. That's from Patrick. $10 super chat. Remember, you can always super chat. Uh, send us in. Ask us a question. Do all that stuff. You sort of get to change the topic. This is the only time that you have any voting power on things that we talk about ever because most of the time i'm not listening to any of you uh on whenever it comes to what topics you want to go to i just it's it's it, it it takes too much time let's talk about rumors um let's talk about rumors because this is what everybody wants to hear uh let's talk about the two rumors that we're seeing for 2023 right now um one is luis suarez is starting to pick back up we knew that he's going to be 35 in january I, I don't see how this makes any sense at all because you you because I think you you probably stumbled with your glasses and you're in the dark. I mean, uh, yeah. Say what you said to me on the phone earlier to uh, earlier today, which was he's going to be replacing Chicharito, right? And he goes, "How does that make any sense at all?" And I said, "Well, Luis Suarez is a better player than Chicharito." Yeah, but if you're gonna spend that spot, I I think you spend it on. I mean, Greg Vanny's talked a lot about wanting to build a young core. That's the whole. The whole idea behind Grand Seer and Cabral and signing uh, Araujo, who's another rumor uh, person here we'll talk about in a minute, Araujo and Efrain to these long-term contracts. The whole idea of all these multi-year contracts, Greg said it multiple times, is to build a young base, a core of players that will be together for three or four or five years. And now you're going to go out and add a 35-year-old to that and just say, wait, wait, or, or wait, how bring Chicharito back at 34 and say, this is part of our core? No, it's not. How in God's Green Earth, do you get a, you can't bring in a 35-year-old when you have an established young core? How how do you get to that without, how do you drop because two points? You, Please tell me. If you're, building, if you're building a core to go forward, mm -hmm. I think you build that core. Now you had, now you just brought in Ricky Pooj, who's 23. Mm -hmm. That's part of that core. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're going to add some old guy in and say, He's a, we're going to change our whole style of play for this guy who's only going to be here for 18 months. What is a core, Kevin? Let's get to that. What is a core? Is a core the whole thing or is it the center part of the thing? It's the center part of the thing. Oh. You're going you're to change the way you play mm -hmm. with your core. You mean you're going to teach your core to play a completely different style with to the, bring in Luis Suarez. With I the just, forward. I, 
it worked with Zolotan. Clearly, it worked with Zolotan. It didn't. That was a one in a million. It, it, it didn't. And I'll tell you why it didn't is because you didn't have the core that you just talked about. But this is not that thing. You could bring somebody on a periphery and absolutely bring in somebody like Luis Suarez at 35. One, because Suarez is a better player than Chicharito. He is a bigger name than Chicharito. But you just said he's going to be a designated player. You want a designated player on your periphery? He's. I it didn't say he was any, a periphery. No, 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 no. You no, just please. said bringing the guy in the periphery. No, don't. Don't stop. All right. You're talking about a core. You're you're talking about a young core. The Galaxy have a young core. All right. I don't expect that you're going to see players like uh, Brugman go anywhere. I don't think you're going to see players like Delgado go anywhere. I don't think you're going to see players like uh, Ricky Puj go anywhere. I think that you have a... We're all going to go somewhere? I I would hope so. Um, But but if not, you can still bring in some other guys. You have Araujo. Now, I think Araujo is going to go, but is, you know, you can still move around that and you can do that. A core is a a group of players that you can build concepts around. The LA Galaxy could certainly put a forward like Luis Suarez into any almost situation they have. And Greg Vanny talked about it to us and apparently at the season ticket members way as well was that that Chicharito and Jovalich are the same player, so it's difficult to play them together. So if you wanted to play Jovalich with somebody, you get somebody who's a different type of forward, somebody like Luis Suarez, who maybe plays a little bit more out wide, likes to come in, not as a winger, but as a forward, right? He's a different look than what Jovalich is. So you absolutely could bring in somebody like, like again, we talk about core, Jovalich, core, right? And then you could bring in, in, in Suarez as well. Now, does that mean that somebody who's on the outside of your core doesn't start every single game? No, of course not. Because... It's about creating the whole part. It's about creating the whole part. But there's a center part that stays the same from year to year to year. A lot like what Bruce Arena did. There's a center part that stays the same and you rotate players in and out. Go back to Bruce Arena's days where he would rotate players out and in every single season. And we'd always be like, Bruce is trying to win now. It's like, no, Bruce is doing exactly what he does. He has the core set of guys who know how he plays, who know how he wants to go. And now he's going to add those pieces in that complement that. I'm not saying that Luis Suarez is the right move here. All right. I'm not saying that at all, but you can't sit there and say just because there's a 35 year old really good DP that you could go out there and get it's it doesn't fit because everybody has to fit in this box that you have decided. And, you know, Suarez has a history with Cellini, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah. I, I, ter- I heard he, he likes the way he tastes. Yeah. And so here's where I'll buy the Suarez thing. Bring him in. Let's have. Cellini and Suarez play in, the, in in El Trafico at Bank of California. We'll have a, a midday game. We'll call it Brunch at the Bank. Ch- Cellini and Suarez invite you to Brunch at the Bank. That would be marketing gold. I think we should get all over that. that that's what I was saying. Anyway, the Luis Suarez rumor is out there. All right. So understand that that's something. 2023. He's yeah, not t- coming till, after, till next year. Right, because he's with NACL right now. And that was, well, that was where he wanted to go before the World Cup. And then the World Cup's going to be over. And then there's going to be movement. The other one is this uh, Carlos Arangas and I'm sure I'm saying the last name right, wrong, um, and probably the first name wrong. Um, but uh, he's play, currently playing with uh, with uh, Byron Leverkusen. Uh, he is a a known commodity. He is not overly um, old. He's 33. He's 33. Right. This is a guy who plays in central midfield, and you could sit there and say, well, why would the LA Galaxy need another central midfielder? Certainly a question. How where's Ricky going to play? How is where do they have all this stuff? So this is another one that is sort of out there again, a 2023 signing, not necessarily a 2022 signing. Um, so so that's one that's out there again for any of the ones I'd say right now, Kevin, that are trying to project out to 2023. I think you should have a healthy amount of skepticism in there, right? In terms of where it goes. 
But I will say this, and we know this to be the case. We know that these deals don't happen in days most of the time, right, Kevin? These take weeks or months to sort of put together some of the bigger deals and to find out who's available and how it's going to go. And I also think that the whole reason we're having this extended uh, transfer window and now looking at free agents um, and the free agent, of course, that everybody is talking about is Martin Caceres. Um, and Caceres seems like he is coming. And I will say that I even had uh, a, a source today tell me that Caceres is a done deal, um, that he'll be coming into the LA Galaxy. Again, I mean, for as far as Kevin's concerned, he's not allowed to play, though, because he's, he's, he's 35 years old, right? Uh, more of a, yeah. more, but more of a center back guy that's probably going to play with Araujo for a little bit. And then we're expecting that Araujo departs in the wintertime. I think that they may even get to announcing both of those deals here soonish. Um, you mean the Araujo deal? The Araujo deal and the Caceres deal. I think those are happening. Well, it's interesting that Greg mentioned at the aquarium the idea that he wanted another center back, and then this Caceres thing starts to heat up. It's it's kind of like Greg's giving us a hint. But you know, the talk about uh, about the other players coming in, the big name players from the Bundesliga, and, and then Suarez coming over. That to me, as as these conversations continue to swirl, and let's not focus so much on which player, just the type of player, right. a big name, expensive player, that tells me that uh, that Chicharito is not coming back. His contract expires this year. He has a club option. He's the designated player. They're not going to get rid of. Uh, um, they're they're not going to get rid of Grant Sear in time, or rather um, uh, Cabral. He's one designated player, and they're not going to be able to get rid of Cost unless they sell him or some. I think I think they can get rid of two other designated players. I think they could do it easily. I think you could loan Cabral out somewhere, and I think that you could um, you could buy out Costa. I think they're going to buy out Costa. That's my feeling right now, um, because there's nothing in it. The only thing that he was. They, for the first time since Douglas Costa came to the LA Galaxy, he was in the right place at the right time, and it was that free kick that he almost put in at the end to make it 4-3, right? It just probably missed by maybe 8 or 10 inches to the inside of the post, but there is nobody else in the LA Galaxy, Kevin, that you would want in that position, but that's the one time that he was in the right place at the right time where you wanted him. Okay, well, let's say does Push then has he opened up things for Costa? Is he going to make Costa a better player? No. Might it be? Might you want to take a couple of games, look at that, and see if if those two can coexist together? No, you're done no. with Costa. You've moved on. Yeah, I'm not. I've already moved on. I'm I'm getting done with Cabral, and I re, I really am sort of like I I root for that kid just because. I see where he puts himself in good positions. I see where all those things, the finishing stuff. I don't think it's confidence. Everybody can say, oh, he just needs more confidence. That's what people say when guys don't. I don't think that's it. At this point, it's skill level. That's what it is. It's skill level because he's been put himself into positions where reactionary things should take over for him. Things he's not, happen too quickly. For, it's weird. He's the fastest guy on the team, but things happen too fast for him. It is. It is. It, it blows my mind. I, I even tweeted whenever he missed the one that was just off the line from about six inches. I said, I said, well, if it was anybody else, you'd be shocked. But because it was Kevin Cabral, it's pretty much standard practice at this point, right? Like you expect him to miss those. And maybe I can even, you know, I'll go back on what I said. Maybe he's expecting that he's going to miss those now because he, he just doesn't see it. But to me, like, that's just a reactionary thing. You're in the right place. You're at the right time. The ball is coming. You don't really have to do much. You just have to be there to sort of be like, oops, I ran into it. Kevin, that's a goal you could have scored. Um, you would have never been in that position because you would have died of a heart attack trying to make that run. But if you if you had arrived at that spot and been on side whenever it happened, you could have scored from there because you just stick your big toe out and, it's, and it goes in. 
I think one of the things is he doesn't seem to anticipate. He The ball seems to surprise him when it shows up. I mean, no, but that's not true because he puts himself in such great positions. So no, he, he knows. In a position, but then when the ball shows up, it's like he, 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 his feet don't work or he's, he's, he's looking the other way or so. It just doesn't seem, again, it seems like the game is, is happening too quickly for him. He's not anticipating what's going to happen next. He, Chicharito is exactly the opposite. He's a, he's a poacher. He's always there thinking two steps ahead and he winds up being in the right place the third time and then he finishes. Yeah. Um I, it's just it just baffles me. It's he's one of the most interesting players I think I've ever had the the pleasure of covering. And it's just I've never seen anything like it. Um usually like whenever you have guys who overthink things, Kevin, you can just like hit it real hard at them, right? <laughs> like hit it real hard at them. Don't like give them time to think, right? Just redirect. And that's not even the case with him. So I I just it, it's just not there for me. Um, and so I think that experiment is starting to wrap up for me. This is it. This is the stretch. This is when you needed him to be good. Was he good against Seattle? He was, he had an assist. He did have a really nice pass on the Chicharito. Goal. He almost put it behind Chicharito. Chicharito dragged that from behind, from behind himself and, and made that. I actually thought Chicha hit it with his hand whenever it happened, but um, it, it didn't. I've watched the replays. I don't think it did. So uh, it was no, really it was great. Left foot, left knee, and then yeah. right foot. And then, yeah, he did, a, he did a great job. So, um, so for me, that was, that was fine. That was more Chicha than anything else. I, I just, you needed Grand Sur and Cabral to have another breakout game. I get it. They're not Vancouver and Seattle. I get those things, but anyway, that's the thing. So those are the rumors that we know of right now. I'll close out the rumors and sort of say that that's, that's where we're sitting, um, with the LA galaxy and, and, and sort of, I think we move on from there. I don't know what comes up or what happens here, Kevin, from here on the out. Roster has to be set by September 2nd, 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 roster freeze deadline, September 2nd. The only way the LA galaxy can add now, apparently I was talking to Damien, um, and he was, he was talking to, to, uh, to somebody and they were saying that the galaxy still have a roster spot available, but they don't have an international slot. So do they have to go out and buy an international slot? If they're going to put Caceres in, which they would, cause he's an international, he's Uruguayan. So he has to but come if in. They move Araujo, you didn't mention the Rajo, the rumor Araujo, is Araujo. Araujo. Yeah, but Rajo doesn't take up an international slot, so it doesn't oh, that's help. Right. That and, does, that's and Alvarez, like, again, that doesn't help. None of that stuff helps, right? And so it's like, who are you moving, and how is it working, and how are you putting it in? But it seems that the Caceres thing is real. It seems like it's happening. Um, and I would love the LA Galaxy to be like, yeah, it's happening. Um, but if it does, I, I think you're going to see Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Those are That's the announcing time. Galaxy will head on a plane on Friday, um, I believe on Friday, I think training on Thursday, um, media availability on Thursday and the game, um, is on Sunday. Is that correct? I think it's on Sunday this week. I was, I was looking at it. I was trying to figure out, uh, eight It's good right now. It's Sunday. Yes. And yeah. then Wednesday in Toronto. Yeah. Sunday, Wednesday, short turnaround. That's fun. We couldn't just play on Saturday, huh? Just couldn't do it. Almost impossible. Could make it happen. Um, oh, by the way, one thing that you hadn't mentioned yet, um, but I I checked into it because I'm really smart. Um, Greg Vanessy doesn't believe there are any problems with uh, COVID vaccinations and going across the border. Remember, if you're not vaccinated uh, and you can't prove it, you can't go to Canada. He thinks every, everyone on the roster, or at least everyone he wants to take, is ready to go. And it's not going to be a problem. It has been a problem for a lot of teams and a lot of sports. If you had to guess one player that didn't get vaccinated... Who would it be? Wow, that's a tough. I, I I actually have two. I would say maybe Efrain and Derek Williams. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody. I really I think I'm with Greg on this. I was going to say I I threw you under oh, the bus there. Trick question you asked yeah. me. You wanted me yeah. to pick somebody. I didn't say I th- thought. Right. You said if I had to pick somebody, that's who I would pick. But I, I I think both of them are 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 fully vaccinated. I think Victor Vasquez says screw it. 
I think he's like, nope, I don't need it. No, he he want, he really wants to go back to Toronto. Maybe, maybe that's how it is. Anyway, that's where the LA Galaxy sit right now. Um, Greg tells me he expects a, a a warm reception. He has five. Greg has five, I think five guys on his coaching staff, which would include physios and, and assistant right. coaches that were with him in Toronto. And I think there's four players, right? There's Raheem Vasquez, Eric. Zavaleta and Mark Delgado, who yeah. also played in Toronto. Yep, absolutely. Uh, LA Galaxy sit in seventh spot, uh, closer to the bottom than they are to the top, certainly. Uh, just sitting on that that precipice there. Again, trying to get points right now. Just some interesting graphs around across. Dayan Jovalich still fo- scoring more goals uh, at a quicker rate uh, in terms of uh, how many minutes he has uh, than Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So Zlatan scored one goal every 87 minutes. Dayan Jovalich scores one goal every 79 minutes right now. So that is still happening. By the way, um, I think I think you're getting everything you can out of Jovalich. I think I think this is I think they've settled it in, and I know people want to see him on the field more. The whole deal. I I think that he may be again. I would start him sometimes because I think that you could have Chicha coming off the bench. But Chicha, as much as everybody was worried and concerned about injuries, Kevin before this has been available through most of this season. Um, and that is a designated player minutes for a while. Yeah. I mean, we, there was, there was worried about minutes. Remember he was, he was absent. I, what, did he play in 17 games or, or 20 games or 23 games? I think he had 17 goals in 23 games. Um, and he is basically, he's matched that. So, I mean, if he goes down now, of course, then everybody can blame me, but, um, that's sort of where he was sitting before. And so you're sort of like, this is good. Chicha heating up at the right time. I think, I think Jovalich finding his, rhythm in the spots that he expects to play with Greg. I think that's really good. I think Brugman is going to be a fantastic um, signing. I, I really, really like him in that position. Where are we with that Jovalich record? It's a goal or assist in nine consecutive home games? Yes. I think so. Was it nine or was it seven? No, it's, it's definitely more than, it's okay. either nine or ten. Okay. Home game, home games, not home and road, but a, a, either a goal or assist. It's on the score sheet, nine consecutive home games, which I think ties or, or breaks the galaxy record <laughs> you know, have idea what we're talking about right now yeah i know i'm Are looking through looking the yeah i have the notes right here yovalich seven goals scored as a substitute leads all blah 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 it doesn't have it i thought for sure kevin would put it in there dan yovalich has tallied at least one goal or one assist in eight consecutive matches played eight. at home nine goals okay. three assists dating back to may 29th during that stretch yovalich has tallied six goals and three assists as a substitute there you go <laughs> That's the one. Of course, of course, Kevin Acevedo from the LA Galaxy. That's one of his favorite stats. That's why I figured that we would be finding yeah, that. Yep. So that's where it is. Uh, LA Galaxy playing against uh, New England and Bruce Arena coming up on Sunday. We're going to have a Thursday show to get you ready for that. So we have that coming up. Other than that, I think I think we're good. I think no, we covered everything. Legit. No Josie Altador. No. no reason to watch. No, just a better New England team since they left. Um, yeah. Yeah, that type of thing. There were some really weird scores again in in the Western Conference. Uh, Sporting Kansas City lit up Portland by like a bazillion to one. Four to one, I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was. I don't. And even, then DC United, boy, Wayne Rooney has those guys turned around, huh? Six, seven nothing. Yes, yeah, six nothing, seven nothing. That was the. And then uh, Nashville uh, ran rampant over. Was it Dallas? Did they play? Well, it was the Dave Romney goal that put him over the top. Yeah, the, the fourth goal of the four. It was yeah. like four nothing. Yeah. So anyway, some weird, some weird little, uh, weird little things. Uh, going on there. All right. Um, 
I think we're I think we're good. I think that's where we sit. So again, uh, Galaxy coming up. We'll play the uh, New England Revolution. Uh, Bruce Arena's former team, 5 p.m. on Sunday, August 28th. That game can be found on Spectrum Sportsnet and LAGalaxy.com, so local coverage. And then they'll quickly turn around for a Wednesday game, August 31st, last day of the month, where they'll go to Toronto and Greg Vanny's former Toronto and all sorts of fun stuff there. So it's going to be an interesting. And then Bob Bradley and Bob Bradley and Greg Vanny facing off again. It's It's got a bunch of fun stories storylines for it so uh rapid fire for this next week but it starts on sunday so we got a little lead up a little build up as we get ready for it all right kevin anything else you want to talk about or are we we good that's it okay uh, if yeah, you, well, we're good. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11, and head on over to uh, latimes.com where you can find all of Kevin's wonderful stuff uh, that he does for that. Covers soccer, covers the LA Galaxy, covers all the teams, U.S. Men's National Team, latimes.com. Head on over there. All right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to Corner of the Galaxy. Dot com. You can find all of our stuff there. I will post the post game. I meant to do it today. got busy, so I'll post that uh, whenever I get a chance. So you can check that out as well. All right. LA Galaxy, New England Revolution. Start the, start the two-game East Coast swing coming up on Sunday. We'll be back on Thursday night. For Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh. Patrick Gessman, you've been listening. You've been watching to our little corner of the galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.